We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And today we are continuing our preseason previews of other conferences besides the Big Ten. Tonight we're going to do the Big 12 and the Pac-12. We'll get right down to it here in a few minutes. Uh, First, I do want to say that Amazon Prime Day is coming up on July 16th. Amazon, uh, we have an associates account with Amazon, so we get a referral bonus for all your shopping done on Amazon at no cost uh, to the shopper. It's a great way uh, to keep our content free. It's a great way to reward our writers for the work that they do to put into there. But um, we have we have a article up on the site on that right now. After that, uh, it's next Tuesday on July 16th, starts at 3 p.m. It's kind of like Black Friday, uh, but it's online and prime, uh, prime day. So with that, we bring in TJ Inman. TJ, we are talking Big 12, Pac-12 today. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Sammy. Hope everyone out there is uh, doing well also. Um, you know, it's obviously very hot here, but, uh, you know, you can kind of feel on some of the mornings uh, a little bit of cool air, you know, kind of you can open up the house and uh, kind of in the 50s, and it, it just gets me feeling all the more excited for football because it's kind of like, hey, this sort of feels like fall, and when you're desperate for uh Takes head is a good sign. I don't know if you've been outside today, TJ, but it did not feel like fall. It does not. Um. No, today, today does not feel like fall. Today feels but, like yeah. a, something resembling an oven, I guess. Yes, or, or a sauna, uh, something like that. But let's get down yeah. to it. Big, Big 12, TJ. Uh, most okay. interesting most interesting team. I went between two teams. I, I went between West Virginia and Texas. Now, West Virginia is not projected to, to, to be more than fourth in the Big 12, but they do have the best quarterback in the conference. That's intriguing to me. And then Texas, you know, we've been waiting for Texas to come back to what Texas is supposed to be the last couple of years. Is this the year they finally challenge Oklahoma for a Big 12 title uh, and, and get back to where Texas football is supposed to be? Their uh, Texas' schedule um, – they were talking about this earlier on ESPNU radio is that if they could get through the month of September at four and one, three and one, and get to that red river, red river rivalry game uh, at four and one uh, or five and one, they should have uh, some college football playoff talk uh, going for them. They play at Maryland, but that game is at uh, FedEx field in Landover, Maryland. They've, 
play Tulsa after that. They have USC at home, a tough TCU team at home, and then they have to go to to Kansas State, which is always a tough trip uh, for an opponent. So, you know, then they get Oklahoma, Baylor at home, at Oklahoma State, West Virginia at home, at Texas Tech, Iowa State at home, and finish at Kansas. Uh, so I, I think Texas has a shot, real shot to get off uh, quickly. They they have a shot to, to bounce back into the national spotlight. We'll see if they do it. They bring back the top two rushers uh, from a year ago, even though they weren't that productive. They bring back uh, their t- two quarterbacks who played a significant amount of time, their top two receivers. They have a lot of guys back. They do lose two, uh, two of their top tacklers on defense, but uh, with the way – Tom Herman uh, has been recruiting. He should be able to replace there. The second year went seven and six last year. Them to me are a little bit more intriguing than West Virginia, who did go seven and six last year with Will Grier at quarterback. But he is the, the if we have to do a player to watch, he's my player to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I went with Texas as the most interesting, and I I'm kind of thinking in in terms of big picture. You know, Tom Herman. Uh, considered by pretty much unanimously considered a home run hire for Texas. Um, and I, I don't disagree with that uh, necessarily, but, you know, and they continue to recruit really well, but that's never truly been an issue for Texas. They've always recruited well. It's just, can they recruit at kind of that top five, top 10 level, uh, which is required to get their programs where their fans expect it to be, uh, you know, on in terms of this year's team, uh, it's a really you mentioned the schedule, so I won't rehash that. But it's a really uh, interesting schedule in terms of games that you would expect Texas to win, but uh, they're certainly not guarantee games. I mean, Tulsa's not bad at all. That's a solid program. Uh, USC, obviously, a big name brand that uh, we'll talk about in our Pac-12 talk. Uh, Maryland. You know, that's a game you would expect Texas to win. But guess what? Maryland went in there last year and beat them at home, uh, ruining Tom Herman's debut. So, uh, you know, you got Sam Ellinger at quarterback, uh, or is it Shane Bouchelle, two guys that uh, it seems like Ellinger is probably the guy. Uh, but Bouchelle certainly an accomplished player in his own right. Uh, but both have their flaws. So, uh it's a team that probably has a ceiling of about nine wins, I'd say, given their schedule. Um, I, I don't really think that them getting through uh, October 6th, I don't see them getting through that, which is the Oklahoma game, uh, with anything better than four and two. Uh, and if that's the case, then you're looking at probably a nine wins as a ceiling. Now, is that good enough for their fans? Well, probably not on a consistent basis, but I think than that, and I, I think maybe they start to have some questions creep up in the back of their heads as to whether or not they can return to a level uh, that they'd be pleased with. And it certainly hasn't helped uh, their, their fan psyche that rival Oklahoma uh, went to the college football playoff, got so much attention with Baker Mayfield and had the young coach their own of Lincoln Riley uh, that is looking like every bit the, the young hot shot that Tom Herman was. So, uh, that's my pick, and I, I think it's uh, in, in a, a conference full of programs that um, you know are kind of wondering where they stand in terms of uh, financial footing and 
uh, TV money. Texas does not fall into that crowd uh, as they continue to rake in revenue with their athletic program. But uh, nonetheless, I think that they do have to kind of ponder whether or not they can uh, consistently match up uh, with the big boys, which is certainly what they consider themselves. Uh, yeah, and a lot of that ire towards Texas came when the Big 12 kind of dissolved. They have their Longhorn yeah. network. It's, it's you know, they're kind of like you know, put up or shut up time uh, for Texas. You, Tom Harmon came in last year. You said it. He All the expectations in the world to return Texas to glory. All right, let's move on to the best non-conference game. And I didn't want to pick the same games as we picked last week for both of these conferences or the same game both times this week. So with the big 12, I went TCU at Ohio state. TCU is going to be pretty good this year. They're expected to, to finish, you know, top three in the conference. They have two kind of soft games coming in with the open with Southern at, um, at SMU, the game is in Arlington, a rare mid-season non-conference uh, game at a neutral site. Uh, it it's, should be a lot of TCU fans there, a lot of Ohio State fans there. Uh, they're coming off an 11-win team. They bring back uh, Darius Anderson, who, who ran for 768 yards last year. They will be breaking in a new quarterback, Sean Robinson, who's a sophomore. Got some playing time last year, uh, but this is a game where maybe TCU jumps into that national conversation with a win over Ohio State. And I know Indiana fans listening, there would be nothing better than having Ohio State lose uh, down in Texas um, to TCU. That's a good one. That's probably my pick as well uh, in the interest of you know, having a little bit uh, broader perspective. I think West Virginia at North Carolina State's a really interesting game. Um, uh, West Virginia, Tennessee is somewhat interesting. Uh, and I'll talk more about the Mountaineers in a little bit. But uh, uh, Oklahoma State hosting Boise State. Uh, Boise State um, on September 15th game uh, in Stillwater. Not really sure what Oklahoma State's going to have. Uh, certainly, you expect them to be good on offense. Uh, Justice Hill is one of the most underappreciated running backs in the country. And, uh, of course, they'll have some athletic receivers that can get the job done. But they're replacing an awful lot, um, and they have to find an answer at quarterback. So that's kind of an unknown. And then Boise State figures, again, to be uh, one of the top uh, – group of five teams out there. So if they can go to Stillwater and get that victory, uh, maybe they can, you know, begin to mount the campaign for a, a spot in the city or six, but uh, I'll go with that one. But I think the answer probably is going to in reality be the TCU Ohio state game. Cause it's a chance for TCU to uh, stamp themselves. And it's, it's really a game that the Big 12 could could use uh, a win for sure, but they they can't really afford to have TCU go and get the doors blown off uh, of them by Ohio State. That would be a, a real bad look for the conference. That um, I, I personally don't think uh, has much of a shot to get a team into the college football playoff unless somebody you know I would say really exceeds expectations. So. 
uh, that's a game perception-wise that the Big 12 could really use. Yeah, and you talk about perception games. You know, Oklahoma's go, uh, has UCLA coming in. We don't yeah. know what UCLA is going to be with Chip Kelly taking over Texas as USC. Ohio well, State, how about we that know. opener for Oklahoma? The opener yeah, so, uh, against uh, the lane train. Yeah, the lane train's coming into Norman, too. Lane train against the boom, boomers uh, sooner. We'll, we'll, yeah. see, uh, we'll see what they do there. Anyway, let's go best conference game. I went the season finale, regular season finale, of Oklahoma at West Virginia. If you like points, the Big 12 is the conference for you, and this game uh, is very liable to be one of those 63-55, like don't show up with defense, uh, just throw it around the yard, uh, you know, pick up games that's fun to watch, exciting lots of offense. Uh, so that that's my best conference game. We added this from last week. So I, that that's the game at the end of the season, it, although it's the same day as the bucket game, that's the game at the, or it's on the Friday night. So if you're not doing anything Friday night yep. for the bucket game, that's the game I'm tuning into and I would take the over. Yep. That is also my pick. And uh, I'm going to be going kind of, <laughs> Mountaineer heavy here as we continue the Big 12, but I I also went with that one, and uh, you'll understand a bit more why a little bit later. Yep. Uh, best uniform, it's got to be Texas. Uh, I, I'm a traditionalist on, on uniforms, especially mm-hmm. the Big 12. Texas has got those crisp white uniforms. They have the burnt orange uh, jerseys at home, and they don't really go alternate uniforms all that much because they're regular set of uniforms is really, really nice. I I don't disagree with that look. I, I like Texas's classic look. Uh, you will not agree with me here, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, Oklahoma State, as long as they don't wear much gray, I, I really like Oklahoma State's uniforms. Uh, they have uh, retooled uh, their their. Cowboy, uh, they retooled Pete a little bit, and he cool look. But the orange and black, as long as they stick with orange and black, I really love them. Uh, when they start to use gray as a primary school color, I, I don't really understand it. But sticking with the orange and black, which they did more of last season, I really like that look. Uh, so I'll go with Oklahoma State. Yeah, I don't mind Oklahoma State. I mean, TCU is a good color scheme, too. I like the purple and black, uh, kind of like Northwestern as well. Best game yeah. day atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, I am actually going to go off campus in this one. Uh, the Red River Red River rivalry out in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, yeah. um, the Texas State Fair. That's it's it's got to be one of the the best college football rivalries in the history. And just going to Texas State Fair as well. You'd make a weekend out of it, and, and it'd be a, a lot of fun. That that's a really solid pick. I didn't think uh I didn't think about that to be honest, but that that would be a really cool event to go to. Uh, you know, the the wide shots on T V you see the, the just split straight down the middle, red versus the orange. Uh it's a really cool look on T V. I'm sure it'd be an awesome game to attend in person. Uh fan bases definitely do not care for each other, so uh going as a neutral would be a lot of fun. I went with West Virginia, uh, Morgantown. I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to go there, a unique atmosphere. 
uh, passionate fan base that's really proud of their school. Um, and then I, I think the end of game where they send or they sing uh, Take Me Home, Country Roads, uh, I think that's just a really cool scene. Obviously, I have no ties to West Virginia, um, and I even get you know a tiny bit, not emotional or anything, but I, I can understand how uh, someone that's from that state uh, would get emotional singing that song together uh, with the other fans after West Virginia home game. So I'll go with Morgantown. Yeah, brings me to our my sleeper team is West Virginia. I I think that Will Will Greer is the wild card in the conference. If, if he can lift up that the rest of that offense um, and put together, you know. A, a, enough points to overcome their deficiencies on defense, they could be a real player. They get Oklahoma at home. Um, they get TCU at home. They do have to go to Texas uh, and to Oklahoma State. And But uh, Greer threw for 3,490 yards last year, 34 touchdowns. He brings back his leading receiver, and Gary Jennings, David Stills is back, who had 18 touchdown receptions last year. They bring back two of their three top rushers from a year ago. Uh, the issue is defense. Have they recruited enough on defense? Mm-hmm. Can, they, can they score more points than they let up? It, it's kind of going to look like one of those mid-2010s IU team where there's not very much defense, but they could score with the best of them. So that's why I have West Virginia as my sleeper team, although they'll do it loudly with a lot of points, but they, they can sneak up in there and make a run for this, uh, this conference crown. Yep. I went with West Virginia as well. Uh, I mean, I think their wide receiver core, I think is really underestimated. Uh, you mentioned David Sills. I don't think people appreciate how good he was last year uh, and how good he might be this season. Um, He's an absolute All-American. And then at uh, left tackle, they uh, decided to come back for his senior season. That's a big boon for them. Uh, They return uh, most of their offense, and the guys that they lost I do not think are irreplaceable at all. Uh, I mean, T.J. Simmons is their sophomore wide receiver coming back. Uh, that's a big guy to, to step in for a starter that was lost. Um, I mean, Gary Jennings is kind of their second wide out. He had over 1,000 yards um, a season ago. So uh, I, I really think that this offense might be one of the five best in the country, uh, and Holgerson is uh, certainly no stranger to having good offenses. He knows what to do with them. You're right, on defense, it's a question mark. Um, really like uh, their defensive coordinator, Tony Gibson. I think he's one of the better ones in the Big 12, which I know is not a huge bar, but they did get some transfers that are going to help out, hopefully. Uh, The schedule is not too difficult to navigate, but it does provide them with some opportunities uh, to to spray an upset or two. I went with West Virginia as well, and I, I think that their offense, is going to be exceptional, and the defense, I think, is going to outperform expectations. Yeah, well, that brings us to our conference champion. 
how the Big 12 does it. They do have a conference championship game at the end of the year. It's the top two teams uh, in the conference to play each other. I believe it is at a neutral site, but I'm not 100% sure. Yep. Um, I think Oklahoma takes the conference championship crown. I think they'll probably play either Texas or TCU um, there at the end. How I feel about a second Texas-Oklahoma uh, game during the season, first one's great. Sure, I'll sign up for another one. Uh, but we'll see. I'll, I'll take Oklahoma defending champs. They bring back Kyler Murray, who if you're an Oakland Athletics fan, and I don't know how many Oakland Athletics fans listen to this show, you have to be holding your breath every single Saturday. He was a first-round pick. Uh, of the athletics. They put a lot of money into him. They're allowing him to play um, play football this year and just taking a chance of him getting getting hurt. Yeah, I I, uh, I went with West Virginia. Um, and I, I know that that is a wild card pick. I know it's out there. Uh, and I understand that that defense is in all likelihood, not going to be good enough to win a conference title. Uh, but the fact that they do uh, get Oklahoma at home on a, in a night game on a Friday, uh, I think that that offers enough opportunity for West Virginia to get that done. I don't think that anybody emerges from this conference with fewer than two losses, so I don't think that they're going to be a playoff contender. Uh, but I expect – I'm picking West Virginia to win this because I don't feel all that good about Oklahoma uh, as a repeating conference champ. I think they lost a little bit too much that they will not be able to replace uh, right away. So I, I went with West Virginia, and uh, that, that's an out-there pick, but with, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it, it should be an exciting Big 12 season. Everybody yeah. plays everybody at least one, you know, once. Then you have the conference championship game. It's how people want some of the conferences to go, uh, but you know we'll see. Now on to the Pac-12. It is 6:51 Eastern time, so they're getting some prime time uh, talk here on the Hoosier Huddle podcast. It's not Pac-12 after dark just yet, but uh, one of my favorite things about the college football season is staying up late watching these Pac-12 games at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, especially coming back from a 3.30 IU game and just winding down uh, watching these games. Most interesting team is TJ. I picked Arizona for several reasons. One, they're bringing in Kevin Sumlin, the coach. Uh, Arizona mm-hmm. waited and waited and waited. I think they made it out the best um, of of the coaching hires at, at a place that they could do. Kevin Sumlin is a proven commodity and he'll also have a Heisman trophy, hopeful Khalil Tate running the show at quarterback. What he could do in offense, Khalil Tate kind of has a a little bit of Johnny Manziel in him and uh, Kevin Sumlin coach Manziel. We'll see what they, what they could do. Now, what else is interesting in Arizona is Arizona, their rival made another hire. They brought in um, head scratcher, Herm Edwards. It was a, uh, a coaching hire that I still really don't understand other than that. Uh, you know, his former agents have an AD over at, uh, over at 
Arizona State, but we'll see how they do. Arizona also has, and I'll talk more about Arizona uh, later, uh, but who is your most interesting team? Well, for the future, I'm really interested in what UCLA does, but I don't think they'll be all that interesting this season under Chip Kelly. I think they've got a lot of work to do before they're uh, anything more than just a you know future program. Uh, I'll go with Oregon. Uh, they get marquee home games. I mean, they're all their big games are in Austin Stadium. Uh, I think that they're going to be really good on offense, mainly um, because of uh, Justin Herbert. They were incredibly good with him last season, and things fell apart when he was injured. Uh, so I'm going to go with that, and then uh, I think that Levitt is one of the better defensive coordinators, um, kind of in that in that region. So uh, I think that they'll be improved on defense, continue to improve a little bit there. I, I don't think they'll be spectacular on defense, and they are in the tougher division. Uh, but I went with the Oregon Ducks. Oregon's a good pick. Uh, Let's get into best non-conference games. I said USC at Texas. I didn't want to use this for both, both of the Big 12 and the Big 10 uh, or in the Pac-12 conferences. USC is going to be a national title contender. Texas could be an up-and-comer in the Big 12. It's a home game for Texas. Austin, that's a tough place to play early in the season, it's going to set the tone. That's one of those skins that the the Big 12 needs uh, to boost their their conference profile for the college football playoff. Same with the Pac-12. To go on the road to Texas and bring back a win would be impressive feat. So that's my best non-conference game. I went with uh, Washington-Auburn. I I think that they've got They've got some good games. Uh, Washington-Auburn is certainly uh, the one on the national stage that's uh, going to get the most publicity for obvious reasons. You've got two potential top ten teams, uh, and it's one that uh, the Pac-12 really desperately needs to have a good showing in because Washington is perhaps their only uh, playoff contender. We'll see about that. Uh, You mentioned USC. So uh, we'll see about who can kind of step forward besides Washington, but that's one they really need. Uh, one under the radar one would be Arizona and Houston in week number two. That that should be a, a very entertaining game that um, Arizona could make kind of an early statement in with a tough uh, road game. And uh, kudos to them for playing that one as well. Yeah, after Houston has beaten Oklahoma and a couple other teams. Uh, TJ, speaking of under-the-radar games, let's go back to the Big 12 for a second for the ultimate game under the radar. It might be under the ground. Rutgers at Kansas. That is happening (laughs) this year. Kudos to Rutgers for for scheduling that team because I have been dying for IU to schedule Kansas as their Power 5 non-conference game. Uh, that game is going to set the tone for both team seasons. If Kansas wins, that's improvement. If Rutgers goes in there and loses, that could be a disaster for Chris Ash. It's Kansas has won three games in in three years. Yep. They, they went 0 and 12, I think 1 and 11 and 2 and 10. Uh, so there might be 10,000 people there, but we'll see. Okay, back to the Pac-12. Best conference game, I'm going to go USC at Arizona. Um, 
And again, Ooh. I'll talk about Arizona uh, later as my sleeper team. I think that this has this screens midweek Pac-12, Pac-12 after dark craziness uh, with Khalil Tate. It's um, it's early in September. It's a tone setter. If you could go into the desert and beat Arizona, that's great for USC. Uh, and then, you know, who, who knows what happens after that. But seeing Khalil Tate against a USC defense, that's probably my best conference game, one that I'll, I'll have to sit down and watch. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a really good one. And uh, I think it makes sense given um, – I think USC is susceptible this season. Uh, I I happen to think that they have a, a bit of a drop off coming uh, this year. As I I don't necessarily obviously don't love to rely on a, a young quarterback like they're likely going to do with JT Daniels, uh, or you know I I don't really trust uh, that Clay Helton is anything better than pretty good as a coach. So. Um, I think USC is gettable this season, so Arizona uh, there is a nice pick. And uh, I will go uh, to the north and take uh, Washington at Oregon on October 13th. Uh, I think that that one is, uh, again, another opportunity for Washington to prove that they are a college football playoff contender uh, and possibly a favorite to make it to the college football playoff if they can beat Auburn and win at Oregon. Uh, that would be two very big uh, feathers in the cap, uh, no pun intended. And then Oregon, I, I'm very interested to see if, if they can beat the Huskies on October 13th. Uh, the rest of their schedule is not too terribly difficult. Um, while I, I don't expect Oregon to make a run for the division title, uh, obviously, if you can beat the division favorite in your home stadium, um, you know, you have to say, well, we've got a shot to do so. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one there because really, I mean, they've got Stanford on September 22nd. So uh, we will know whether or not they're going to be a real threat. Uh, but if they can knock off Stanford on the 22nd and then at Cal on the 29th, uh, and then you've got a bye week and then Washington coming on October 13th. So that'll probably be a, you know, a nighttime game in Austin stadium, kind of that's probably 1030 Eastern time window. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing that one unfold because uh, it's going to be kind of a, a huge early test for uh, in the Mario Cristobal era, which I don't know. That was an interesting hire. It made sense given when they had to make it. Uh, and I, I think that their fans will feel much better about it if they can knock off Stanford uh, and then knock off Washington. And after that, uh, it's all downhill. The rest of their schedule is, uh, is manageable outside of a trip to Arizona and, uh, and Utah. All right. Let's go with best, uh, best uniforms, TJ. Mm-hmm. I went with Oregon. Uh, I know that that is um, probably not the pick. I, I love UCLA's, but I'm still kind of mad that they tampered with them. The look that they have right now is, is better. They've gone back to uh, a little bit more traditional. And I, you know, I, I like USC's. I, I understand. Um, I understand why some would say, "Oh, those are 
easily the best. I, I like USC's. I don't think they're that amazing. Uh, but I, I like Oregon. I think that they've gone a little bit away from kind of the crazy looks. Uh, and their their uniforms are not that garish anymore. They're just not that, not that out there. Uh, I think that they have relied a little bit more recently on kind of their retro uh, looks, which I think are really, really nice. Uh, white helmets um, with kind of their, their retro duck logo. Uh, I think a nice shade of green and a nice shade of yellow. Uh, they relied on those as opposed to kind of the, you know, the chrome looks and, uh, you know, uh, blackouts and all that. I think going with their green and yellow and, uh, kind of the retro logo. I think it looks really good. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA. I like the powder blue and gold look. I really do. Uh, yeah. I, I like or- Oregon's is fun and interesting, but UCLA is just classic, especially playing in the Rose Bowl. It clashes with yep. the green. Probably my favorite uniform game is USC-UCLA. Well, they're, they'll both wear their, their home colors. So I'm, I'm going to go UCLA. How about game day atmosphere? Well, I I, uh, I think this is a lot of really good locations for uh, Pac-12 games. Obviously, you would be hard-pressed to say, oh, you know, USC, UCLA, awesome. Uh, Stanford, awesome. I mean, really pretty, pretty places. Uh, I don't think a lot of great necessarily atmospheres, however, uh, I think the better atmospheres are probably, by and large, in the in the Pac-12 North. With uh, Oregon, I think has a really good atmosphere. It looks like on TV, um, but I will go Washington, and I am a uh, a bit biased here. My brother lives in Seattle. Uh, I'd love to get out there for a game at some point. Um, you know, they stadium there right off the Sound. Um, you can tailgate on your boat if if you happen to be fortunate enough to have a boat. Um, and I, I think it looks like a really cool spot. And, uh, the weather generally uh, pretty tolerable there during football season. So I'll go with Washington, and, uh, and they've got some really nice new facilities as well. So uh, I'll take Seattle. I had Washington last year, tailgate, and I was a yeah. team last year, tailgating on a boat at Pitt, Tennessee, and I picked Washington. I think tailgating on a boat would yeah. be phenomenal. Uh, this year, I'm going to yeah. go with or I'm taking a page out of TJ's playbook and going with Oregon, Austin Stadium. Uh, it's a raucous crowd, small stadium for what it is. I think it holds uh-huh. about 54,000. Uh, some great games coming into Eugene this year. You have fantastic facilities. You can see where U.S. track and field uh, performs as well. So I'm going to go uh, Oregon and Austin Stadium. So uh, Who's your sleeper team, TJ, in the Pac-12? Well, yeah, you know, I've I've kind of laid uh, laid the love on Oregon fairly thick, but I, I find it hard to pick a sleeper out of the North because I think Washington's going to be really darn good. Uh, so it's it's hard to rise too much in that division, which I think has you know, five really quality teams. Because I think Cal's going to be pretty good too. Uh, so I think the North is a really good division. Um, I don't have as much faith in the teams in the South. And as I mentioned, I think USC is susceptible, and I think Utah is about a year away from being really good. Um, so I'll go with Arizona. Um, I, I think that they do have the capability to have a um, 
obviously a really explosive offense, a lot of wide receivers coming back, uh, three senior starters there. The offensive line, a bit of a concern, but uh, it's hard to be too overly concerned about an offensive line when you have a, a playmaker like Khalil Tate uh, there at quarterback. Um, and then I, I think that their defense, while it was honestly pretty terrible last season, uh, they do return nine starters. They've got good uh, experience there. They had a lot of injuries in the defensive uh, in their defensive backfield and up front uh, that I think maybe no doubt I think hampered their ability on that side of the ball. You know, a new staff, a new energy. Uh, I don't think Kevin Sumlin is going to change too much about what they do. That they're going to take a lot of time to get used to it. And then, you know, the schedule's doable. It's, uh, they don't play Washington, they don't play Stanford, and they get US, USC at home, uh, and they get Oregon at home. So, you know, I, I think it's a very doable schedule and uh, certainly some landmines on that schedule with Houston uh, week, uh, week two. But uh, I think that they're a really interesting team that uh, I happen to pick to win the South. Yeah, I picked – I picked Arizona as my sleeper team as well. I will yeah. double up on yours, but I will also pick Utah as a sleeper team. Our team, yeah. a lot of returning, yeah. a lot of returning experience. They get Arizona at home. They get USC at home. They get Oregon at home, and they get Washington at home. Uh, Utah, Salt Lake City is a tough place to play. This mm-hmm. Utah team is very, very consistent. We saw them in a 2016 bowl game. They bring back their top three leading rushers. They bring back their starting quarterback. They threw for 2,400 yards last year. They have some receivers to replace, but the defense is usually always stout. Uh, they they have a reasonable schedule. They, I mean, BYU to end the season – uh, you do have to go to Colorado, to Arizona State, to Stanford, and at Washington State. But to me, I, you, I wouldn't be surprised to see Arizona and Utah really steal, maybe steal a game or two from from USC and be in contention for yep. that South. How Utah's in the South, I don't know. But you to, to try and be in play for that South Division crown. Uh, but with that being said, I do like Arizona. I think they're with the coaching change uh, that'll inject some life into that program. Uh, but both of those schedules, players, uh, coaching, and experience, I really think that both of those coming out of the South are your sleeper teams there. Yeah, I just I think that they got a really tough draw uh, out of the North, getting Washington, Stanford, um, and Oregon all out of the North. I think that's that's really tough. You know, they, they don't get to play Oregon State. They don't get to play. Uh, um, and Washington State. Oh, they don't State. get to play Cal. Uh, so, I, you know, is, uh, I mean, if you have season tickets, uh, you're going to really love the season, uh, the matchups you're going to see there in Salt Lake City uh, this season. But uh, I just think that they got a little bit tougher of a draw than Arizona did. Um, and, Given the choice between the two, I, I just went with Khalil Tate as uh, the difference maker there. But I think both are solid choices, and I I could see certainly either one of them taking uh, the South from USC. 
Yeah, and then with that, let's do division champs. Uh, TJ, your division champs. Uh, Washington, I, I think for me, Washington is my conference champ, and then I went with Arizona at the South. Um, I, I just don't, and I, I know that it could look really bad if, um, you know, if that defense continues to underperform or uh, obviously if Khalil Tate gets injured, all bets are off. Um, and if, if USC is just better than I'm giving them credit for, because they do return quite a bit on defense. Uh, and their offensive line is in really good shape as well, um, but uh, from where we sit right now. So uh, give me Arizona, give me Washington, and then I'll, I'll take the Washington to uh, to win the Pac-12. I'm going to go Washington in the north and USC in the south. Um, yeah, I'm not ready yet to take another team other than USC. They do lose a lot, but they always seem to replace them. Uh, it's Hilton's fourth year here. They're clear of all those sanctions. They do return yeah. three out of their top four rushers. Matt Fink uh, is a sophomore coming in. He's 6'3", has prototypical quarterback size. They bring back a two, uh, you know, five of their top seven receivers or four of their top six receivers. Uh, they do have to replace Darnold. They have to replace Ronald Jones. Their defense is littered with guys who are returning. Uh, they don't really have that. They miss Washington in the regular season. They miss um, they miss Oregon, too. Uh, you get Notre Dame at home, which doesn't really play a factor into the conference standings, but uh, you'll know where this team is week two when they go to Stanford. If they lose at Stanford, they could be in trouble. Then you have to back that up, up with a game at Texas. You have to go to Arizona and at Utah. Say they lose both of those, that'll open the door for somebody else. But I don't think they lose both of them. They probably will split them. Um, and, and then their draw out of the South is is pretty pretty nice um, with, with Arizona State as well and, and Colorado. Uh, so I, I'm taking USC as my uh, South champion. And uh, we'll see. They, I meant the draw out of their north. The draw out of the north with California, Oregon State, yeah, um, and Washington State and Stanford. You know, they should go. They should go for. They could go four and zero. They should probably go three and one at the very least. Uh, and and oh, then yeah. you have to go play at UCLA for for a big game at the end of the year. And then we'll we'll see what they do out of that. But. Uh, uh, USC, until they prove it to be otherwise, are my South uh, South Division champions. All right, TJ, that is wrapped up four out of the five Power Five conferences. We'll do a whole big Big Ten uh, breakdown after we finish the group of five. Uh, we'll be talking some action, Sun Belt Conference USA's next week uh, as well. So we're going to touch on every conference in uh, the FBS. If you have teams that, that fans want us to touch on a little bit more or conferences a little bit more, uh, feel free to shoot us a, a, an email, uh, DM on Twitter, anything. Uh, TJ, once again, thanks for joining me on a wonderful sure. summer afternoon. Yeah. When, uh, just when are we doing the American then? Is Are we doing that with the group of five or – 
Well, yeah, we'll do the American with the group of five. So we'll do the American okay. with right. the group yes, of five. Okay. Um, and then okay. we'll wrap it all up in a couple of weeks uh, with a big, probably a two-parter Big Ten East and West preview. Yeah. Yep. All right. That sounds great. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think um, uh, you and I are certainly kind of in the, that diehard group that, uh, you know, loves the group of five schools, uh, has our certainly our pet schools, if you will, that we, uh, for whatever reason, like to follow. And uh, I know the American is pretty interesting as well. So that'll be a fun one. Yeah. And we have a resident action expert on our staff in yep. um and Alex Compton, who's now living in Buffalo. So he'll get to see some more matching games up there uh, with the Buffalo Bulls. But anyway, thanks for joining us on this Monday night. We'll be back next Monday to talk about the group of five in the American. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Find us on Facebook as well. Remember, Amazon Prime Day is a week from uh, tomorrow. Uh, week from tomorrow on Tuesday. It starts at 3 p.m., all your shopping, it doesn't cost a shop or a dime, but all all your shopping get, gives us a referral bonus. It helps uh, keep the site updated. It helps us on road trips. It helps us uh, give a little bit back to, to these writers who, who do such hard work and such good work uh, for us. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the evening, and we'll be talking more college football next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, 
than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.